And now, Kyle and Steven present another episode of the Go F*** Yourself podcast. Um, it's Fix. Really? Well, that's embarrassing. The Go Fix Yourself podcast. Welcome to the Go Fix Yourself podcast, the podcast where we are trying to fix our worldview one conversation at a time. I am your co-host, Stephen, and sitting next to me, to my left, as always, man, he's got a smolder that James Dean would just be jealous of if he was still was alive. It's Kyle! I, I feel like when I smolder, it kind of looks like I'm like going to start crying. <laughs> like, it's just not sexy. I'm like... <laughs> I, I know. mean, some people, <laughs> some people might be into, into that. that kind of thing. Oh, Absolutely. my. Thank you. Yeah. Somebody's out Apparently, there. your wife is. <laughs> I know. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Love you, honey. <laughs> we, you know, we are excited today because we are joined by none other than Golden Delicious. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Welcome oh. to the podcast. I'm yeah. very excited to be here. We're thank very you excited for lighting me up with this gorgeous pink lighting. Yes. That, well, you said uh, in the beginning when we first <laughs> met, I was like, what light? Do you want just to cast on your face? Yeah, and you were like, "Pink and gold is my thing." So exactly. right now, if you're watching the video on YouTube, uh, we have gold and pink lights in the studio today, and it, it looks beautiful in here. It really does. I do. We usually do the same color of lights for both things, and now I'm like, we should be doing switching it up. We should have two. We should get a little, a uh, little more colorful in here, Kyle. But no, thank you for being here. Thank you for Appreciate having you. me. Uh, we're very excited because I think this. You know, this has been uh, one of the ones I've been looking forward to the most. Um, not to say that all our guests before you were They're bad. great, too. They're great. To be honest. I'm but sure. <laughs> when I, so when I was there, you know, when people would be like, oh, who's coming on the podcast in the future? I'd be like, literally, your name was the one that was like golden delicious. Everybody was like, I love them. Oh. Uh, and so basically, every everybody, <laughs> even today, I had a work meeting. And uh, they're like, oh, so who's on the podcast? And I was like, actually, tonight we're having Golden Delicious on. And, of course, she was just, like, you know, freaking out. Like, oh, my gosh, Aww. I saw them perform or whatever. So, anyway, we're excited to have you. So, yeah. Thank you. That's so sweet. I I appreciate that a lot. That makes me feel yeah, you're, all the gooey feelings inside. You're very <laughs> popular in the Anchorage scene. Mm. How's that feel? Um, It feels great, of course. I mean, it feels wonderful to be appreciated for what I love to do. Right. Um, I have been doing for, you know, nearly 15 years. Yeah. And especially in Anchorage where it's not where I'm from initially, you know, I'm a transplant and have been here for seven years now. And that, yeah, all the opportunities that I have here are just incredible. I'm so blessed and thankful for them. And then, of course, yes, to also have people respond positively to what I love to do. Yeah. And I work really hard at what I do. Yeah. So I love that it. makes it even more, you know, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I'm, uh, and I'm excited to get into, like, the art side of it, too, because, you know, I've watched, you know, watch some videos i've never mm. seen you perform live which is uh my fault wow. it is unfortunate i know and i apologize great to meet that. you all good night <laughs> uh, we're gonna change but, that though. yeah we better we, yeah. You know, we should we should go out me and you we know, know. we don't go out anymore well i know we're you're not like, that old please. no we're not that old we <laughs> it really would surprise aren't. you but like <laughs> no. i think in our 20s we were like 
you know, let's get fucked up. And it's well, like, that was right. at least that was me. Kyle, Kyle was calm down, Steven. Yeah, Kyle was there. It's only Tuesday. <laughs> okay, Jesus. Yeah, uh, yeah it's and exhausting. So, yeah, I mean, being <laughs> around a lot of people. Yep. We were even talking about how hot it can get. Yeah. yeah, in spaces with a lot of people. Yeah, we were talking about that before yeah. this. Yeah, and then the older you get, I feel like at least for me, there's a certain amount of anxiety that's been added to being in social environments, sure. of crowds. Yeah, yeah, and just like yep. I could be at home. I don't yes. want to talk to everybody. My dog, yeah, exactly. Watching, you, it. you know, beef or some other Netflix yeah. show I can plug. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> which I just finished. Me. Beef. <laughs> So good. Oh my oh, gosh. Brilliant. I loved it. I need uh, to catch up on that we, one. We we were just in LA, me and my wife, and we watched the whole like we were only there for like five days. We watched the whole thing. Yeah. Like every night we were like, Well, let's just watch another one. All right, let's just watch another one. It's amazing. Um, but this this podcast isn't about beef <laughs> or Netflix. Uh it well, is you don't about, know, you haven't asked me questions yet. That's, that's true. It could be we, about some beef. We do <laughs> we do like to get into pop culture towards the end of the podcast. Okay. But as we tell most Every guest, my parents listen to this podcast every week. They are probably the two most uh, religious listeners. Okay. Also, actually, and religious too. I didn't actually religious mean it by in that. both ways. Okay, okay. Uh, but uh, so they listen to the podcast every week. They don't know who we know. They don't know who uh, is like is big in Anchorage or whatever. Sure. And so tell them really quick. Their names are Rick and Carol, and they and love Carol. this moment. And so this is why we do it because okay. they're like. Oh, that person was a sweetheart. The Rick and Carol moment. Rick and Carol. Yeah. So tell them really quick who you are and what you do. Okay. Rick and Carol. I'm a drag queen. <laughs> a bearded drag queen to be specific. Um, I am gender queer identified, queer identified, a drag performer. I'm an advocate. I am an educator um, here in Anchorage as well. I work um, at a nonprofit. Nonprofits and violence prevention. And I'm extremely passionate about my community. And I'm a lip sync assassin. Hell yeah. Just, cool. Um, which means God, that is I, that on your LinkedIn? It's not. Maybe <laughs> Under I should skills. even create one. <laughs> I don't be. have one of those. I should though. Um, but yeah, I I'm a wonderful per performer and uh a kind person who just wants to see the best for my community. So yeah, that's I love that. that's who I am essentially. Yeah, I love that. That's well, you know that ends the podcast. We well, found out. Okay, uh, Rick and Carol, see you at Myrna's. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, if I could get them to Myrna's, I, my mom, my mom was up here uh, in December for Christmas, and she went. I took her to Coots for the first time because, mm -hmm. like you know, that's I mean that's big part of my growing up was going to Coots every A lot, weekend, yeah. right? And so she was like. Oh, this is coots. Oh, this is nice. This is nice. <laughs> Are those underwear up there? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, oh, the birdhouse. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I, I, I forgot about the whole fucking <laughs> horn thing that they do to oh, newcomers. Yeah. And then so he, <laughs> the sorry, bartender, sorry, <laughs> takes my mom to uh, the other side of the bar, and I'm like, "What the fuck is he doing?" And then all of a sudden, I see the fucking horn, and then she blows, and I was like, "No." No. She's oh, gonna emotion. be fucking yeah. mortified. Yeah. God was she? damn. Uh I think she was definitely like she love it. I Carol. Mean, <laughs> yeah. I fucking Not love my favorite. I think it's definitely memorable. I think uh, it was more like she was like, huh, yeah, this is fun. Yeah. You know, like the yeah. kind of like she was scared in her eyes, but mm -hmm. her mouth was saying, like, yeah, yeah, 
this is fun, guys. Let's stay more. Her mouth was taking shots. Yeah, uh, not as much as I would like, but oh, yeah. Well. Anyway, um, yeah. Well, thank you for doing that. But yeah. So what we do on this podcast is we like to find out more about the person, about before their art, before their business, whatever they're on, like whatever they're known for now. Sure. We like to kind of go back and be like, so you know, growing up, what was that like? Because mm-hmm. I mean, we're on here because we like I and this is how kind of how we met initially I kind of like was like hey this is our quick rundowns like Kyle and I grew up very religious mm-hmm. we're not anymore but there's so much that we miss that we don't know and we're like trying to fix that some of these episodes are random ones some of the ones are like they're you know we're trying to have people on that like can teach us about their culture or teach us about what they do and so when it came time and I can't remember uh, their name right now but the one that connected us Missy Missy, Missy. Melissa Capone. Capone from Capone. New Jersey yeah <laughs> <laughs> giving Missy a shout out. Thank you. Yes, we should do that because she was the one that connected us. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she told us, actually, we were here at like a networking event. And uh, she was like, um, oh, you know, I have, I'm connected to drag performers. And I was like, yes, absolutely. We need to do that because that is like a world that we know nothing about. Very mm-hmm. little. So I want to get in into that a little bit. Like what got you into performing? To drag yeah. queen. What got you to where you are today? Golden. Oh, yeah, um, you were transplanted. And take it said. back, yeah. baby. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. It was 1985. Okay. Um, <laughs> not that bad. You're um, not that old. I'm, yeah, I feel like we're the same age. We are. I'm 33. Uh, oh, oh. So I'm, I'm, I'm 35. Okay. Wow. It, oh. I know. Well, hey, but I look good. God yeah. Damn. I look good. So when I see someone who looks fairly young, I sometimes. <gasps> What if, what if barely? That there might, I was gonna say, what if, well, what if you were like, like, oh man, your thirties, you, you kind of wait. Okay, not been which good. one of us is older? I think well, I already, did. I th- did I already say it? Did I say it? I I'm didn't gonna, say mine. You said okay. thirty three. Yep. I'm gonna assume you're older. It's maturity, right? Is it maturity? Sure. And the grays in my face. It, yeah, actually. yeah. It's the stealthy <laughs> crying face. Um. No, but I, and I actually just gave a commencement speech at UAA's Lavender Graduation, which is like a queer LGBTQ-focused graduation. Mm. Um, so I gave a commencement speech for that, and I basically, they gave me 20 minutes to talk. Oh, wow. So I'm going to try to keep this condensed. Oh, wow. I'm going to do the condensed version of my okay. story leading up to kind yeah, of and where we're gonna, we're going to probably interject questions. So, okay, too. cool. Um, I was born and raised in Vermont. Um I have always had, like, a natural inherent appreciation for things that are regarded more as, like, stereotypically feminine. Mm -hmm. Like, from three years old, I was infatuated with my sister's pink tutu. Um, My father used to hide it in a closet on the top shelf, and my mom would find me crying. She loves to tell the story. She'd, like, find me crying outside the closet and get it down for me and give it back to me. (laughs) So I always have had an advocate in my mother, even though my father, who I no longer have a relationship with— was was not supportive of mm. of my natural like instincts of being attracted to those things. Um, my mom also managed some very fancy New England boutiques. So in the like early nineties, when I would go to work with her, um, 
if we had like an in-service day or holiday or something or she'd take me to work and I remember crawling at like seven years old underneath all of these like gaudy 90s attire and collecting like the sequins and the beads (laughs) and these pearls and being like these are a treasure because they're connected to this fashion and I like just yeah I had this natural attraction to it I also loved female leading like characters like my favorite movie growing up was Pretty Woman Oh, And my first drag performance ever was probably around seven years old where I reenacted the scene where she has a towel on her head and she throws herself on the bed screaming $3,000. Seven years old? Yeah. I mean, I was too young to understand what that movie was about. It was really bad. And, you know, try everyone to just suspend your judgment for a second. But Great movie, though. Let's be honest. Amazing movie. And, I mean, there's nothing super explicit in that movie. Yes, It's implied a lot. Yeah. Yeah, You know, there's a moment on a piano. She gets a pillow out. We never support her knees. Yeah, we never we, right. <laughs> we never get into the it's gritty. just not like a head bobbing up and down or anything like that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I <clears throat> threw a towel around my head and another towel like around me from like the chest down, and I was and I would like whisper and I would be like, "But I'm here now," and then run to like my mom's bed, of course, because it was bigger than mine, and throw myself around. And my mom loves to tell that story too. <laughs> Oh, wow. About how I reenacted that scene. And I love the fashion and I love that she shopped. And I, so that, I mean, that was an inherent part of who I was, also combined with an inherent love for performance. Mm-hmm. When I was five, I told my mom she'd be my date to the Oscars when I went. Oh, and I think yes. that that was about the fashion and the glamour as well. But I loved movies, I connected to performance. And, you know, further down the line, my mom got me involved in, you know, acting classes as a youth and performed through middle school and high school. And I ended up going to school for theater um, for college. Where did you go? I went to Point Park University. It's a little private conservatory for dance and theater. Okay. Um, So I went there. And then, as opposed to going down a path of moving to New York or even auditioning in Pittsburgh, which is where it is, or or, or L.A., I went and did the Disney College program. <gasps> you did? I did. Oh, so it combines the other things. Shut the fuck up. You reeled Shut him in. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I applied for the Disney College program. Oh. I got in, uh-huh. uh, but then... Instead of the summer that I applied for, which was the not the following one, but the next one, so the next year, they were like, well, we want to have you this year. Could you come this year uh, instead of next year? And I was like, "Uh, I can't. I already have a previous engagement. I was a camp counselor. Previous Uh, engagement. (laughs) And so I wasn't able to go to the Disney college program. But that was like something I always wanted to do. What were you going to do? They were going to have me either be a monorail driver. That's fine. Or a, uh, this would have been Florida. So it was a boat driver. And so, mm. uh, but that year, and I told, I've told this story on the podcast before, that year they actually had like one of the first monorail crashes where people died because someone off duty took a monorail thinking like, oh, you got to go back home. And then boom, with people on the other monorail coming. Jeez. So my so. mom read that and she's like, it's actually probably a good thing that you didn't go. And I was like, well, I'm still bummed. Carol, <laughs> Steve, Carol was yeah. obsessed. Yeah. She was like, you could have died. Yeah, yeah. Aren't you glad you didn't go, Steven? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm still kind of bummed. Uh, because the first I, week I, heard I was, was there, someone died on the 
rock and roller coaster. Oh, oh. In fact, not to be a super downer, but it was a child. Oh. And because a lot of families will go and they won't know of like heart issues. Oh, no. I know. Terrible. Depressing. So I got there and I was like, yay. And then I was like, that's horrible. Oh and there God. was there were a couple of things that came out and occurred when I was there. But anyway, yeah. I'm sure. I've heard, well, then that's another thing too. I uh, read an article before I applied, and this made me want to do it even more. Where, like, the <laughs> Disney College program was like party town, like crazy party central. Oh, yeah. I turned 21 there. Oh, yeah. See, oh, see that. I wanted to live that life. I wanted to, because I, I was in a Christian college at that time too. And so I was oh. like, I want to get out of here. I never had a, a crazy party experience. So I was like, Maybe this is my end. Fuse my love. Disney. For. <laughs> and drinking. Partying, but not be able to, I don't have to hide it from my parents partying and then also add Disney into it and actually be a cast member. But of course it didn't work out. Um, but so you did the Disney college program and we got a headphone issue. One second. No, it's that, all good. So if you're watching the video, you, you can <sighs> see. We can't mess with the hair. We That's, can't mess with the hair. So the headphones was kind of an issue. Okay. We're good now. I'm going to just... Yeah. You can do that, too. We, we got Thank duct tape, too. <laughs> we can just... Stick it on Two-sided two oh, tape. Don't. That's another thing. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. So Disney College Program, you went there. Yes. And I was in entertainment. So I auditioned mm. to be friends with Goofy. Wink, wink. Um... And then other Goofy Heights characters. Yeah, they, that's the thing they say. Friends with Goofy, if you, if you get it. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I we can't say it. Well, I, we maybe I can say it, but you can't. <laughs> I hung out with Goofy a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not sure how to take it. Like, I just said that. And like, uh, yeah, uh, kind of. I hung out with Goofy. This place sounds awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> No, but I was in entertainment, so no, I was um, having a very appropriate relationship with Goofy. Okay, thank you. Um, That's and, I was like, where are we? Yeah, and, and uh, being in parades <laughs> and and being, you know, in the character program, if oh, you will. No and, shit, that's um, so cool. For about a year, and then I yes, I turned twenty one down there, and that's when I started like regularly going to Pleasure Island, which no longer exists. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace. You should be. Sad you missed out on that. I did miss out on that. Um, I went to down. I went to Disney Quest. That was like that's what I remember of downtown Disney. Yes, but I never got to never cross that bridge. Literally, Mm. yeah, and physically. (laughs) And they had a bus that would take us there from our campuses. I'll call them to Pleasure Island. To like, yeah. What? So you would catch a bus, and then the last bus was like one in the morning. I think, and and. I mean, for maybe employees, but you could get on it. Tell the people and Kyle probably too what Pleasure Island was. So it's an area in Orlando that's fairly close to the parks that's owned by Disney and it's shopping and restaurants and a network of clubs. Mm. We're talking eight tracks, which was like 70s and 80s themed. Oh, man. So you get, like, disco there. Then there was Mannequins, which was regarded as, like, the gay bar, which had a spinning dance floor and mannequins, like, suspended from the ceiling. So that's, like, where the gays were at. And then there was... I don't remember the name of the biggest club, but that was, like, the top 40 
Um, the big you one. Know, I, like, I remember specifically dancing my ass off to SOS by Rihanna on that dance floor. That's a good, me- that's a core memory right there. It, it very much is. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I hear that song, I'm like, Orlando. Yeah, yeah Pleasure Island, like like uh, Pinocchio. That's what I was thinking. It's Pinocchio, oh, and he's yeah, like, that's yeah. where all the kids go. Yeah, and I'm smoking, like, and I was like, and they all get turned into donkeys, I guess. Yeah, but this, yeah. Was, this was this was real life. This it doesn't happen there. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe, <laughs> but they destroyed it. They got rid of it. Yeah, which, I heard that. I mean, I I am curious to know why, but it's not really any of my business. I'm just glad that I experienced it before it was gone. Yeah. Like, or it was like legacy. Planet Hollywood was there too and mm-hmm. that's now gone and then Disney Quest which was like the five star arc or five level arcade. Anyway, we could Disney all day. We could Disney Seriously. down. We could Disney, Disney down. the house down. Um, okay, so you're, you're in the Disney College program. You're in the entertainment business kind of, you know, you're friends with Goofy. Uh, I mean, that's kind of wild to be performing and doing parades and all this stuff too. Cause I always, I always think about the people cause I, we, we took a little VIP tour. Damn, I'm getting back on the Disney train. Fuck. Uh, we went down, like down in the lower depths. Right. Yeah, yeah, and tunnels. we saw all the, you know, the characters mm-hmm. like going from one place to another. And I'm like, this is so fascinating. Cause they have like an underground. Yeah. Anyway. Um, to get from what place was that to place like quickly though, to be performing? It at was a, an incredible. Age, it was very. I mean, it was actually very bittersweet. I mean, I had a. I would never take it back. I had an incredible experience. I had great friends, and I actually got to explore like my queerness in a way I hadn't yet. Like being twenty one, meeting more. There's a lot of gays there. The gays love Disney. Just facts. <laughs> I mean, um, I get it. And a lot of them do the college program and work there. A yeah. lot of them. Um, so that was wonderful. But you have no individuality there you are goofy one when you show up to your shift the manager Mm. doesn't know your name they don't know you from from anyone else um and they treat you as such oh interesting fairly disposable um you know it 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 was on it was uncomfortable and i was like like yes a theater kid but also found myself to be like kind of an anarchist at that time um and had like a lot of like Punk rock mentalities. I mean, I wore chucks with flames on them, which was not very. Oh hardcore, wow! But um, <laughs> I, yeah, I just I felt that you know there was they could have treated us better. Um, I was like given a warning to like go home almost on Thanksgiving Day while showing up for work, and they had had that demerit or that warning for like weeks. And I was like, why did you wait until Thanksgiving Day when I'm, like, away from my family Yeah, to give this to me? Well, we've been trying to reach you. I'm like, this is literally my fifth shift at Magic Kingdom in the past two weeks. And today's the day. Like, what? Because it's, like, slower? Or, like, I don't I don't know. Like, what? Anyway, when I get pushed back even a little bit, the other manager in the room was, like, just, you know, hard oh. on me and hard on So I almost got kicked out. I also almost got kicked out because I had someone sneak into my campus. They hopped dun, the fence. Dun, dun. Yeah. I don't know if we want to get into that, that story. Is that a no-go? But. That's a no-go? Yes. It, it's, yeah, it's no, not like a not, college campus. Oh, then. so if you're staying on separate, door, like, I forget what they're called, but like you have, sites, you, you have, yeah, you have, you, have place, you have places to live. Yeah. And then you can't have people come visit you? There's after only curfew after a curfew. Oh my goodness. I how guess do, it, how do they know? It sounds that is like college, I guess. Because there are like 17 year olds, I think, that do it. Oh. I think 17 is the youngest. I might be making that up. 
Well, I was 18. I was definitely 20. I was freshly 18 when I turned, and I was going to do it when I was 19, I think. Okay. So still young. I mean, I would have been uh, not knowing what to do. You got to show some credentials of like which place you belong to. Yeah. Yeah. But people would sneak in all the time. In fact, I had friends that had done it several times. They wouldn't even know. They were no longer even in the college program. And my friend Haley... Would oh, you just, sneak you just, in. you just, oh man, I Name hope Bob Iger is not listening right yeah. now. <laughs> Bob's, Bob's like, gonna be Haley, this delinquent <laughs> 16 years ago. I hope to God that, that no one gives a she, fuck. That would be <laughs> pathetic. But no, and then there was this, <laughs> I met this guy at the Top 40s Club. He lived on the, on the campus that was for the Epcot. Actual, oh, yeah, yeah. like okay. people who were from those countries that they oh, bring into yeah, work. Yeah. At those countries, there's a right, Kyle. There's a world showcase, <laughs> and like there's like different moment, a different like you can go to Mexico, you can go to France, and like there's these different rides or different restaurants. Okay, and so, so it's it, they call it the world showcase because it's like literally country like, themed. Yeah, 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 and you can go learn about cultures mm. and and drink beer in Germany. It's super cool. I fucking yeah. love it. And I think he was Norwegian. Or oh, German. so he was in the Norway. With yeah. The, ah, with the cool ride. How'd you put that together? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Ah, from Norway. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. Um, they, I've never been told I was um, quick, okay? You're on it. You know your geography. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Norwegian. Norway. Yeah. <laughs> he was cute. And <laughs> I was like, you could sneak in. Sure. It was his last night. Oh. So when we got caught, he gave his side of the story. They separated us because oh, Disney no. interrogation Disney method. Is, fucking Disney's wild. I mean, cops. it's one of the biggest corporations in the world, yeah. right? Yeah. So they're like, they separate you, and they they have you. They interview you. Prisoner's dilemma is yes. what it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then I was requested to go to the main campus, like one of the other campuses, the main office of like housing, and then did an interview. He was already gone. Oh. His flight was so early to go home that by the time I was even going in for my interview, he was already gone. So I could say whatever I wanted oh, so to they... get out of this situation. Oh. I was like, he left something at my apartment he wanted to come back and get it. I told him no. I told him no as he ran to jump the fence. But he did it anyway. Um, and they were like, okay. God damn those Norwegians. That doesn't sound right. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And yeah. And they're like, well, he said that you wanted him to come over. And I was like, I told him not to. I told him I would ship it to him. He's a fucking liar. I'm an actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I was just like stretching the muscles. But... No, and then they were like, okay, and I didn't get kicked out. I mean, that could have been my farewell yeah. for sure. Oh, wow. Man, I didn't know they were that harsh. It sounds like a, yeah, it sounds like the Christian intense. college that I went to. I was going to say, you would have been gone. You would have been gone. You would have oh. gotten wild <laughs> one night and been <laughs> just yeah. out. Uh, you know so, that Stephen kid, you can fuck off. Yeah, so is this like a four-year program? Or like, what's the, what's the kind of quick rundown? Is it like a two-year? Do you get some sort of degree after or what? What is the the benefit? 
besides being in the biz. The benefit is you end up talking about it for about 20 minutes on a podcast yeah. 16 years later. It's a good investment. <laughs> it's a good investment. Yeah, no, I mean, they, it's about eight to eight to 10 months. Okay. Almost a full year. Sure. And yeah, you do get a diploma. Um, you even get like a little key graduation hat, I think. So it's kind of like an in into the industry. Yeah. And for, I mean, like, the there, I, we called it, I called it drinking the Kool-Aid where then like mm. you're a lifer. You right. love the college break program so much. You either start auditioning and you own cruises, you uh, become a full-time person. You could also remain in, I forget what it's called, but like some form of status where if you perform a certain amount of hours every year, you keep your employment status, which mm. means you get a free amount of passes. You get free entry to the parks as the employee. Mm. I think they've actually changed a lot of this, and they don't provide that many benefits if you like Too remain many at that status. took advantage of the yeah, system. maybe, maybe. Not me. Is there a pension? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not me. Uh, Not me. I was out of there. Fucking pension. <laughs> out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have talked about Disney, and that, that was my bet. Because like, <laughs> there's I'm, a lot I'm, of people that probably I'm, love that. Part. I'm fascinated by the Disney College program because program because I was this close. Right. Was this close? And so whenever I meet someone who did it, mm -hmm. I'm like, "What was it like? Tell me. Like, did you get nuts? Did you go crazy?" And they're like, For so, sure. "Some people are like, no, I didn't. Right. I just, you know, did my job." I was like, "Boring. Get out of here. <laughs> get the fuck out." Um. And so anyway, so your you, Disney College program, um, you know, you're you went to school. Your 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 home base is in Vermont. So how did you find your way? Is that like a long story? I mean, no. You can... We actually moved from Vermont to the burbs of Philly when I was seventeen, oh, which is where my mom's from, and I'm I had from, a lot of I'm family from there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's where I was born. Oh, amazing. Where? Where? where is that where Carol and Rick are? Uh, no, they're actually in upstate New York. Oh, okay. So four hours north. Okay, but close. Yeah, we moved there. I had my last two years of high school there. I went to oh, a really shit. awesome suburban high what, school that what, has great uh, theater what program town? and stuff. Uh, media. Oh, where is that? I was only there for like Swarthmore early, early medium. kids years. And then we would okay. go back every once in a while. Um, so I'm not, I like Lancaster area. If you would have sure. said Lancaster, I'm like, oh, hey. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So you're in, you're in Philadelphia. You're in Burbs. Yeah. So then graduated, went to college, theater, Disney program, came back home after the Disney program. And I got a job you know, serving tables, my first service job. And then after living in the Burbs for a while, I met this amazing group of queers in Philly. And the queer scene there is just incredible. And they asked me to join their band. Okay. So I was actually in a queer and allied indie pop band and toured the country in a what's, giant what's pink the name? And Dangerous Ponies. Are they Ooh, on Spotify? Man. They are. <gasps> we 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 are yes. Your clips will have that song playing. Oh on it. boy, one of your songs. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to listen to it now. I was like, oh, it, was, yeah, no. it was six years of oh wow of being abandoned touring, and I got to see the country in like the best way possible. Honestly, and I, I interrupted you before mm -hmm. you said you were traveling the, the U.S. with a pink what in a fifteen passenger pink and purple van. Oh hell yeah. Professionally with, painted. Oh, wow. With a trailer on the back, obviously, right? For all the year? Actually, no, it all fit in the damn trunk. Oh. And then there was... How did you do that? Listen, we also had up to eight people at a time in that band. How and did then, you fit... But all of the instruments still fit into the trunk. Drums, guitars, yep. amps. All of it. How? We Tetris, I don't... Oh, my yeah. God. We went on tour, and we had five people in the band, and then six. Kyle was our manager at that time. 
uh, and I almost used manager in the quotes, but you were a manager. And, uh, <laughs> but we, we put a bunk in the back and we had to like, we could not fit all of our gear. So we had to bring a trailer with us. I don't know how <clears throat> you did that. You guys were, were you guys cramped in there? Did anybody have, no. did you guys have your own like rows? Sometimes oh. we, we, we were a band that had actually anywhere from, I think five at the least amount of people to like nine at the most. Jeez. We toured, <laughs> we toured mostly with like seven, I'd say. Oh my goodness. So two to a seat. Yeah. Okay, I guess that makes and sense. School bus situation. Pretty spacious yeah. seats, really. What did you play or do? So oh. I am not, I mean, I'm not a self-identified musician by any means. They wanted me to be like on gang vocals and be a hype person. Oh, hell yeah. So like Flavor Flav yeah. was their reference for me. Which I was Interesting. Like, oh, yeah. That's Here's me. your clock. Sign me up. Yeah, <laughs> I wish. I had an ice cream cone shape shaker that I played. I made it out of a piggy bank that's the ice cream cone shape shaker but they had me play some like keys parts um and i i did write and play tambourine parts so i became like a percussionist of the band and then i did backup vocals you're like i want that label on the album yeah i want to get paid i want to get right. my cut <laughs> i'm a percussionist i'll listen to music now and hear the tambourine oh yeah, be oh, like, yeah. i have an ear for tambourine yeah. forever now <laughs> yep you guys hear that? Yeah. Do you hear <laughs> I can play that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will. That, that's Actually, a good tambourine. Like, Do you hear the tambourine in that? That's a good tambourine. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. I know good tambourine. <laughs> that, that is what I hear one. Yeah. So uh, I also started drag around the time that I was in that band and playing some shows with them. I moved into a house with half the bandmates. Mm. It was uh, from the Burb. So in South Philly, about... 10 of us initially in this three-story townhouse in South Philadelphia. Oh, oh, wow. Cheap as hell. Beautiful, actually. We ruined it. But, um, yeah, they wanted to have a drag show, uh, like a sister show to Miss West Philly Fabulous, which was like a drag show that happened in the living room of a house mm. in the West Philly area. So being that we were in South Philly and we have a lot, had a lot of room, they... Wanted to have the show, asked me if I'd perform in it. I'd never done drag before, but I'm being that I'm a performer and I'd always been, always been interested in more effeminate Just things. Put one, two together. Yeah. I also was working as a clothing manager of an HIV AIDS thrift store at that point. Okay. So finding the things was very accessible as well. Finding yeah. like fun draggy things to wear. And you got all these sequins you, you collected. Yeah, collected. That I kept, yeah, forever. You got an old so tackle box still like, <laughs> yeah. oh, all right, put some together. Treasure. Oh my God, I wish I had kept them all. Uh, but yeah, so, yeah, I and what age was this song. What age was this about? 24? Okay, probably. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were, you were in a very short time after Disney. I mean, a year or maybe two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. And so, okay, so I'm kind of curious. So how did that go? The first show. It was amazing. So you were like, I got the bug. I was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, natu I, a natural. I fucking knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Let's go. Well, so because I'm a theater person, I didn't just do me lip syncing to a song. I had props. I had two people in oh, it with you me. Went all I took, I had like a reveal where I like, you know, took off this suit, this ugly suit that I wore, mm. but underneath had like a cute negligee. Mm. And 
had a cardboard saxophone because oh. there's a saxophone solo in the song. How what many? Song, what song was it? I know what boys like by the waitresses. Okay, uh, uh, sing it for me actually because I just lost it. Um, you're gonna have me sing on the show. If you, no. If, <laughs> what's the lyrics? Uh, I, know, <laughs> I know. I know what boys like. Yes, yes. I I'm, know what guys want. Yes. Oh, I know yeah, what yeah. boys like. Boys like me. And um, that's our social media clip for the week. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I like had one person come in and be like a creepy guy that I didn't want, mm-hmm. and then he left, and then saxophone solo. And then another guy come in that didn't want anything to do with me that I really wanted, so I like ran after him it was like a whole thing damn um my friend joe actually <laughs> uh who came up to visit me my like second year of living in alaska but anyway hi joe i'll send you the link <laughs> um but yeah so that was the first performance and from there the next opportunity was miss west really fabulous which was like right around the corner and i did that and i got second place in that i think i got first in our um Shit. show it was like a pageant of sorts <clears throat> okay and then started just doing as much drag as i could you're like so that first one like i mean we you know we i was telling you earlier we played in hardcore bands and i think mm. as soon as you get on that stage you're like <clears throat> like even if there's five people in the crowd or 10 people just being up there and you're like i'm a, you know attention's on me yeah and it's like boom all lies on me it's like I, for me that was like so people are like what gets you on stage and do you get nervous and all that shit i'm like i love that shit it's yeah. like, so you caught the bug and you were like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't actively remember feeling like, okay, I, I can't wait to keep doing this. I think it just naturally happened. And then You're like, I'm good at this. So yeah. I might as well keep going. And it was the way that I could perform mm. as opposed to auditioning for shows, as opposed to writing i don't know writing and trying to be in my own things or because theater the theater community is very overwhelming the audition process is very overwhelming sure. yeah. and there's a lot of rejection a lot of disappointment and i'm a very sensitive person so <laughs> it it was aren't we all it became very yeah easy and natural for that to be where i could flex those muscles um and I could be the costumer, the makeup. I didn't do my own makeup for a couple of years, though. I had a friend do it for me. We don't need to say that. They don't know. Oh. They don't need to know. Okay, never mind. Cut I that. mean, I lied. But, <laughs> but I, I did everything. <laughs> what I kind of liked about it was that I, I'd be like, well, this is what I told people. I like like supporting other artists, too, like makeup yeah. artists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. that's perfect. But that's I also don't come didn't have to do it myself. Yeah. Which is actually the most which important you, part. I mean, you do it now yourself, too? Yeah. See, if you're watching on the YouTube right now, which you should be, uh, you can see it. it's not, like, very easy, I can imagine. No. Um, to put on. It takes, it definitely takes time to just do it. And then, of course, the time to learn it. And I'm all mm. self-taught. Like, I've learned and picked up tricks from people on the way. University? No. Nothing. No. Just, just from like, actual people doing, like, showing you how to do it kind of thing? Mostly from looking at images. Okay. No, but yeah. not Shit. how, um, but have absolutely had moments with, like, even a local queen here, Ivana Kishikok, who is, like, my bestie sister of all <laughs> that's time. That's a great name. Yeah, that's pretty good. God, that is so good. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. She, um, uh. she 
had incredible makeup. So when I moved here, I wasn't like covering my brows. I did, you know, what we called garage doors, which is just like eyeshadow all the way up to the brow. I didn't really know much about what I was doing. I looked what I thought was very beautiful. Yeah. And other people did too. That's all that matters. But they're you, liars. If you're like, if you're like <laughs> I feel good. Yeah. And, but she taught me and, and kind of um, gave me some tips and stuff along the way for sure. But truly... I'm I'm a very self-taught like nice. makeup artist for for drag makeup. Yeah, I don't even know where I would start. Just what? like the eyelashes. I'm gonna put you I both mean, in drag. Oh, <laughs> I'd probably look good. I think I, I, <laughs> I mean I, I the confidence. I mean, I would be down. I'll do some. We should do, We should make a video. We should do that. We should make a video where you and oh, and then we have to perform. <gasps> I know. Uh, I'm bringing I, the tambourines. I think I would love that. <laughs> That's what I have. I think I, I, would... I still had some for you. <laughs> yeah, we should bring the tambourines. That would be fun. Okay, enough about us, though, uh, because we should put a pin in that and, and talk about that after the podcast. And you're bearded, too, so, I, I mean, mean you, have, you have experience, so. Part of the fam. We could yeah. do something. Um, okay, so you, you, you kind of, you're, you're finding your place, I would say, in the drag community in Philly, mm -hmm. um, and so you just kind of keep performing, you kind of are learning more, you're like, okay, I, I would imagine, too, it's like very therapeutic, almost like i think performing like for me it's like getting anger out right it's like heavy mm -hmm. music and so it's just like oh let's fucking go you know so i would imagine for you you're also writing a story right so like you were saying you you have a guy you know that doesn't want you or whatever and then you yeah. want them so it's like your story it's very therapeutic so you're writing you're performing you're picking the song right you have props so i would imagine it's a very good creative outlet Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And not, and most drag performers, I'd say, don't start that way and continue that way for as many years as I did. I wasn't doing drag as often. So I had time to kind of concentrate Think on one show it. per month. Well, okay. If that for the first like year or so that I did drag, mm -hmm. probably the first two years, maybe okay. year and a half. Um, so I had a little bit more time, but I, yeah, I love that aspect of it. And then, yeah, I would say initially a lot of what I expressed was m my sexuality. I mean, it, w it was a time to feel sexy. It was a time to feel confident for me. And then from there, it became more and more about gender expression, um, which included, you know, part of me that I know has always existed, which is the mm -hmm. more feminine part of me. Mm -hmm. Um and then as well as even expressing deeper um, emotions and, and connections to songs that reflect that singer's emotions. Um, I'm a ballad queen. In the end, that is like what I love to do more than any other kind of song. Because I think the way that these often women are singing these songs is so incredible and and. Um, so impressive and like to be a part of that to like to like harness that energy and right. express it in a lip sync I'm very passionate about yes um and I think it also is a connection to the history of drag where so much of it initiated with lip syncing yes there was live singers and other ways that people performed but it is a part of the history of drag is to um, express yourself visually and then in performance with a lip sync. And 
I'm all about the passion and energy that are behind the eyes, you know, in in your mouth movements and in your body. Mm, sure. Um, so that is like the route that that my dad, my drag, my dad. Uh, I was just saying, uh, that's well, what, no, bringing him back. Well, oh god, <laughs> I was. I'm, you're. Are you living with family? Because you said you lived moved in with a band. Mm-hmm. So are you checking in with family as kind of like day by day with your mom? I'm assuming was supportive during all this stuff. Or yeah, I don't remember when I kind of told her, but she came to like my third or fourth show i mean it was under 10 it was under uh, definitely 10 shows that i had done and she came with my aunt Mm. and gotta tell you this anecdote which was that at that show i still didn't really know what i was doing as far as like clothes or underwear Mm. or tights so i just put on fishnets and nothing else and there was like a dance-off for the end of the show where it was between me and someone else for this contest. And I like laid out and threw my legs in the air and my skirt like lifted up. And I just hear my aunt go, Brooks Banker! Because she could see all of me. Yeah. Yeah, God. That was that I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that a time or two. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Exciting stuff. Anyway, so that's, yeah, I mean... Now I wear underwear. Sure. Yeah. Many, well, many clearly. layers of things. Yeah. I just did not know what I was really doing at that point. Uh, kind of winging it. Yeah. yeah. There, There's one thing that you said that you're like, keeps pulling you in for performing drag and drag. Uh, you said expression of gender. Mm. Like, so what is that to you? How do you define that expression yeah. of gender? Well, gender is something that we, it's a construct that we all live by in some format. Right. Um, and and just to start with, like, the basis of it, it, it is a construct um, brought on by, you know, colonial culture. Um, it's a colonized idea of, of a binary, right? And we have man and we have woman, and, or boy or girl, and you're assigned based on really one thing, what, what you are at birth— and then there's all these restrictions and expectations that go along with that binary after you've been assigned that. Um, now, for me, exploring gender meant that I was exploring all parts of that spectrum, right? And drag was exploring more so the feminine part of the, the gender binary. Um, and as I mentioned, I always felt like I had a feminine part of myself, so now in identifying as genderqueer, I'd say that initiating my relationship with drag or starting drag was the way many years ago I started expressing that part of myself. And I lived day to day in a very masculine presenting way, but also the way we express ourselves, it can be affirming and often is affirming to people in their gender identity, but we also, I mean, the idea is that one day we deconstruct the binary itself yeah. and these things don't have to have so much, hold so much meaning anymore. Mm. But when we talk about drag, when we talk about gender, often we use the binary as like the example of these things. But, you know, as a genderqueer person, um, and I'm sure you've heard the term non-binary before. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So people who live outside of that binary... They don't. They don't want to be don't. restricted to it. 
Um, you know, and then gender identity also differs from gender expression, right? And so gender identity can be, you know, one's personal sense of self and their gender, which can differ from the one assigned at birth. And then gender expression is how we all live day to day in the ways that we express ourselves. I love that. Um, so, so I would imagine, because you were saying like earlier, you were like, you know, I ha- I love the feminine side, right? I have, a, you know, I wanted to wear the pink tutu. And then being able to express that right. and performing and like get that out, right? It's like, I would imagine that's very, um, I don't know, weightlifting is what I would, I mean, I would, I, for someone who's never done it, yeah, I would imagine that's probably something you feel possibly of like being like, hey, I, I get to do this and I get to perform and I get to kind of like live a little bit of part of me and show you what it's like. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not something I initially recognized. I just had a lot of fun. Right. Right. And it was fun. And then from there it was like, why is this fun and what does this mean? Does it have greater greater meaning? Because the response to it was also so positive and so beautiful and like you're connecting to your community and you're meeting more drag performers and you're yeah. you're connecting to to queer people, you're connecting to people who would refer to themselves as allies, you know, who just who love the art form because it's fun and it's outrageous. And also, yeah, connecting to your community in a more profound way because drag has also always been a part of advocacy and activism. Specifically, even, you know, trans women of color who also were performers and even referred to themselves sometimes as drag performers um, were at the front lines of, of the movements that we saw for equal rights. So, you know, the connection community is naturally there and drag has always been a part of that mm. and will continue to be. That's cool. Currently is. So I love that. Um, so you, you found yourself, you know, working towards building a brand, right? Building mm-hmm. a, a, um, a a drag queen brand, which I don't know anything about, which I'm obsessed <laughs> with building brands in general, too. So that's kind of interesting. So, I mean, like, how did you kind of go about that? Is like finding your, your yeah, yeah, finding your persona and finding the name. Where did the name Golden mm. Delicious come from? So I mentioned working at that thrift store. We would get donations in all kinds of vessels, right? And one was a cardboard box that had, and I was like trying to think of a name. I knew the show was coming up. And I looked at this cardboard box and it had Golden Delicious written in this really beautiful vintage, like 70s almost font. In like, yeah. And I also grew up in Vermont picking apples mm. oh. like, all, all of my life. No it's like shit. very much a, tied to my childhood and so growing up. So it was fate. So the, it like was it. the universe being like, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, and it, yeah, it had a good sound to it. I mean, yeah. Golden Delicious is kind of <laughs> not to like, you know. Toot your own horn. Let's go. Yeah. It It sounds pretty. It does. It sounds great. So, and then really quickly after, I was like, call me Goldie or Delicious when I would like meet people and that I was like, you know, really cool or whatever. Miss Goldie, Deli- it's Miss Delicious to Ms. you. Miss Delicious. Um, the beard w- has always been there too. Mm. So I'd say, if anything, initially my brand or persona related to like being a bearded queen, mm. um, which is a part of that gender thing, right? Because I liked that it threw people off 
Um, I like that it related to the idea that gender or, or, you know, feminine representation doesn't have to look like one thing. All the way to learning more about the fact that there are women with beards. For sure. You know? Yeah. And I, my goal was never to be like a female impersonator. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it never was to like give the illusion that like I am a woman. Mm-hmm. Right? It was to be art. I was going to say personified, but my God. Um, <laughs> to be to be art, to be, to be walking and performing art. Right? Um, and it was all about performance for me too. Like, that's why I didn't really pay attention to my makeup. I wore drugstore makeup. I, I, back in the day, I didn't do like padding or anything, um, with with costuming. It wasn't until I moved to Alaska that I started concentrating more on my makeup, more on my figure, more on costuming and wigs and really put a lot of energy into like that imagery. Okay. Mm. Well, that's a good segue too. How did you get up here? So, and I, I can't skip that I lived in New Orleans for three years as well. I oh. love New Orleans. So I moved there at one point just because I, I loved it. I got engaged under the tree oh. of life. Amazing. I love that place. Yeah. yeah so New Orleans is very like special. Nowhere else. Yep. Um, and that, those three years is where I explored a more like raw part of my drag, like performing in an abandoned warehouse with a generator or... Fuck yeah, a, hardcore. Yeah, doing... Sounds like a music video for, like, a metal band. It's like, it's like it was pretty metal. Foggy. Yeah. One light above. It was <sighs> It was very that. It was very metal. When I say that I did probably... It wasn't until the end of my three years there that I, I stopped doing as many performances with some kind of, like, fluid or, like, substance of some kind. Like, I did a lot of, like kind of hardcore performances that included blood packets. Oh, oh and shit. And some pretty, like, macabre stuff. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. We're into that. I was wondering. Yeah. I was like, it what was, does hardcore yeah. look like? I was I like, performed, I, was like I thought you were going to be like, and all, I went, I'm, I'm I did it all sorts. I'm like, I was like, what are we doing? Dance in the Metallica. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I actually performed with a lot of punk bands in New Orleans. Oh, I performed at a punk cool. venue called Siberia. Um, I was asked often by punk bands or the this one punk producer punk show producer to perform with bands mm. and yeah i loved it i oh, loved shit. it because That's i cool. i'd always felt a, a bit a part of the punk scene adjacently and then getting more submerged in it and combining the art of drag with punk music it's, it's like, yeah. was Pretty punk. amazing yeah right yeah. and unexpected for a lot of people and I killed it, and I did like performances where I had like tubes in my costume, and like a ball- a pop ballad would play. It's a song by Leona Lewis called "Keep Bleeding," and she literally the chorus is like "Keep bleeding, keep keep bleeding, love." Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I literally had someone connected all these piping <laughs> who started pumping, and I had it first come out of my wig front, so it was like dripping down my face. Then it came out of my wrists. And we sprang on the crowd. Yeah, so oh. it's like Alice Cooper, kind of like all bring that it stuff. back. Yeah, bring <laughs> it back. Yeah, Dude, that's wild. Uh, I think about it because like uh, there's another queen in town who does that song, and I'm like, yeah. Well, I did when that we song all performed, I did it first. Yeah. <laughs> I did Man, it in knowledge. That's wild. In a warehouse. Dude. Yeah, that is. Then I moved up here, and okay, so why? How? Why? So, so because my... I had to go from New Orleans. Yeah. Um, Right? So well, Alaska. Um, my sister was living in Philly, 
because like my whole family moved and met a man at a marathon in Chicago that's from here. And she ended up moving up here. And then my parents, my mom and my stepdad, they ended up moving up here because they're tired of the burbs of Philly and they wanted to be in a more spacious place. You know, we're all from New England originally and they loved it up here. So they moved up here. They were like, you'll do great up here. Like, we swear you should come up here and get involved in the community. I was like, Alaska? Yeah. What the hell am I going to do there? And I'm like in New Orleans on the phone with my mom. Like, I'm in New Orleans. Um, but I did, I came up to visit for five months and had an incredible experience and did connect to the community. That's when I was cast as Frank Inferter in Rocky Horror Show at Myrna's the first mm. year that I came up to visit, Hell yeah. which is like a very big deal. Yeah. Kind of in this community. So that was where the tell, ties. Tell, tell us two boys that don't know Jack about Rocky Horror Picture Show, even though, I've had friends. I was going to go. I had tickets one time to go. And it's I ended like up Disney, not. kind of like Disney, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Don't I'm remind me. i commitment issues yeah. here. Yeah. You had a prior commitment. <laughs> so what, 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 is, what is that role? And why is it so oh, big in yeah, the show? So um, Rocky Horror Show is, I mean, it's a movie based on a musical initially that mm-hmm. was on... Um, Stages in London, Tim, Tim Curry. Tim Curry, yeah. Role made famous by Tim Curry of Frankenfurter, who's a mad scientist. Oh, so that's the main role. Yes. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, so that's re- that is a really big deal there. Well, um, yeah. Okay. Well, and because then I didn't know at the time, but like it sells out every year. Yeah. And like people are driving in and coming in from like all over Alaska. The community like of Myrna's where it's been held the last 13 years. I mean, they, you know, yeah. so... I go to karaoke there when I first come up, and the KJ, who turned into one of my good friends, was like, hey, we're having auditions for Rocky Horror the Musical. Like, you have a great voice. You should come and audition. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, what part would you want? I'm like, I don't know, maybe Frankenfurter. Shoot for the top. Three, you know, I played Frankenfurter three times now. I've been Riff Raff. I was Brad, as well as Eddie and Dr. Scott, and I directed the 2019 production as well. Oh, that's cool. Um, So I can't get enough of Rocky Horror Show at Matt Myrna's the Shit. live production. We have to go now. Sign us up. I'm a, I'm okay. auditioning as well. Oh, good. <laughs> you should. Bring your tambourine. Yeah. Okay. That's all yeah. I have. Oh, I don't know. I would say you should show up, but, you know, yeah. you probably mm. can't make it yeah. for Fuck. one reason or another. Commitment, <laughs> commitment issues. <laughs> Fuck. All right. So you, you find yourself up here. You came up here. You land this huge role in a big production like and then how did you kind of start to carve a path for yourself up here because i think when i i think you know going back to what i said in the beginning of like when i said you know golden delicious to people people were like oh fuck yeah <laughs> like yes that's awesome like how did you go from be starting out and then lead role and then now kind of being like when i mention your name people are stoked People are like, I know them. I know her. How did I become a household name? There you go. That's it's <laughs> an easier way, a more simple way to I, phrase that. Well, I doubt I'm a household name, but um, that's like about Barbara Walters or something. Wow. Um, I you'll get there. R.I.P. Shoot for the top. Um, I think with Rocky though is where I was starting to be on people's radar, and then immediately auditioned for dra- the drag show at Myrna's. And okay. just from there, 
people gave were like, it everything I got. People were like, this one's got keep something. Keep an eye on that. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I, I would like to think it's, it's the yes, of course, what I bring to the stage. I, yeah. I think that that's probably what it mostly is. But I also uh, started working at the LGBTQ nonprofit in town called Identity, Identity. as the youth yeah. program manager there. And so I think, yeah, I was just continuing my connection to the community, as I mentioned before, you know, even when I was living in Philly as much as I could. And here and there in New Orleans, I mean, that was less focused on advocacy and activism, honestly. But anyway, right. here. More about showing um, Yeah, yeah, more about blood Spy- and guts. Spider-Man. <laughs> blood. Sp- oh, fuck. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, The focus that I started to have being inspired by performers such as Ivana, who were here, um, and other performers who were very dedicated to their craft, and it being Alaska. Mm. Like, good drag in Alaska wasn't something I was expecting, but they all inspired me in a way that no other drag performer ever had. Hmm. And I think it's also because we're all in it together in a place where it's unexpected mm-hmm. and mm. a more conservative place. Yeah. Than the sure. places I had lived. And so you, I mean, I think that every person understands and recognizes if you live in Alaska, um, that there's a certain amount of community and camaraderie <laughs> with just being here. Mm-hmm. We dedicate ourselves to living in a place that's as dark it is, it is as it right. is, right? We live in a place that, you know, uh, you, even in Anchorage, you're far away from some people, right? Things are just very spread out. It's very rural. So, um, you know, you you need to form those bonds and connections in order to have that mm-hmm. element of survival, I think. So I think that that brought us together, that has always brought us together and inspired me to want to always elevate along with them. Sure. So I love it. And I think, too, and I always, I mean, I'm probably sounding like a broken record to people listening, but, like, I think Alaska, there's a lot of opportunity up here. So if you're doing something... Yeah that like other people are doing in low 48 or you've done it down there and then you bring it up here and it's new and it's like never been seen before by people. I feel like there's opportunity here because you can stand out more and it's like, Oh, people are like, Oh shit. I think that's awesome. I think that's really cool. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. So I think like when I, when people say like, why do you live in Alaska? I'm like, honestly, like opportunity. Right. I think there's a lot of opportunity totally. to do what you want to do and like keep going. Now, yeah, it doesn't suck nine months out of the year, like for dark. <laughs> I don't do any winter activities. So I'm like, I stay inside. I'm very introverted, yeah. extroverted, uh, whatever that is. We're not is. going out a lot these days. Yeah. So it's like, but it's like, you know, I'm doing, I started doing something a little different that like, you know, people weren't really necessarily doing. I mean, like for us, it's like, we're two white boys who do a podcast. And it's like, that's not very unique. There's not enough of us. <laughs> it's not very fucking unique. But in Alaska, you know, we're trying to put a spin on things. It's like yeah. there's opportunity there that people are like wanting. And so I think that's, you know, there's something there. You were doing something new. You were doing something like you believed in, which comes off in your performing, mm. which I've seen those videos. So I know. And so like, I think that's kind of inspiring for people too. Uh, yeah. That's just, I think the my little spiel about Alaska, right? And that's why I kind of love Alaska. And I agree. And those opportunities have been 
incredible for me and absolutely a part of why I haven't moved when I thought about it a lot. Yeah. As, you know, especially being someone who's lived in Philadelphia, who's lived in New Orleans, who's lived in these larger cities and love the culture of those places. But I also love the culture here. Mm. I love that there's such a prominent Native and Indigenous, you know, culture that I can experience and and be welcomed, you know, on mm. this land um, and, and learn from them and, um, you know, be guided in... Um, their culture and and also these these things that I discussed relating to gender and in forms of decolonizing myself and my community, recognizing the problematic elements and the dangerous elements of the gender binary and how it is uh, you know constructed by colonialism and Western cultures right. and so working with organizations when I was with Identity and continue as much as I can, you know, um, with Native Movement um, and other um, Indigenous-based organizations and just friends who are, you know, have the capacity and energy to educate me or have conversations about these things. So, you know, that that has been a a really beautiful and honor, like I feel very honored to have had that opportunity being here as well. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's, you know, even connecting with you is a part of, of being in Alaska um, that I love, right? Yep. And, and there is greater change happening here um, and people wanting to have these discussions more and to highlight drag more. And honestly, I feel that there's with with the current climate of of this attack on drag that we're seeing we are seeing more and more people wanting to create space and a platform in our in this community for drag performers which is not necessarily what you would always expect right um but we're seeing you know um even seward pride they added a drag story time to their um schedule for pride this year because they're like we're not gonna let you know this these misconceptions um dictate you know what we we do in our community that we know is all about love and care um so that's something else about alaska that i've been so impressed by and so inspired by is even within our current climate the opportunities that a lot of allies even are creating arseniga productions Mm -hmm. Right. Shout out Kendra. Shout out Kendra Mercedes. Two of my best friends. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, love I love them it. so much. And they um, are doing amazing things as far as their all age, you know, drag loteria event, uh, as well as other drag events. And, you know, creating more of that visibility and more of that opportunity. And now is the time where that's really needed. Okay. I love that. So, what is, so, I mean, us being... On the other side, like what is something that uh, people listening and ourselves included can do to, you know, be an ally, yeah, to promote, to back this up, and to take a stand with you? What what can we do? What is there to do? Well, I think supporting drag in general is, of course, 
you know, a great way. So going to shows. Yeah, dude. Let's do it. Like, <laughs> you, I love how you look that way. I was looking at somebody else there. <laughs> yeah, man. We gotta Gee, go. Where are you? <laughs> God. Oh, we got a third guy. I was looking time. at you too much, so yeah. Um, uh, you know, but like I also get we all have our lives. But yeah, I mean, doing that support, but honestly, it can't end there because you know, when you go to the bar, when you go to the club, you know, there's there's a different energy to it. You know, your focus is on socializing, partying, drinking, you know. And then, of course, getting entertained by by drag. And that's wonderful. And supporting them, even financially, throwing dollars at them, giving money, you know, is wonderful. Um, but when we see um, direct, atta- direct attacks like we have on the LGBTQ community, you know, here and even Alaska with certain policies being attempted and, you know, them removing... Um, gender identity and sexuality from our non-discrimination policies, you know, um, within the like human rights committee and stopping investigations on those things, Mm. um, you know, which is unconstitutional to step up and pay attention to the guy, the leadership of like ACLU and Planned Parenthood, um, you know, of Anchorage and make the calls when asked, um, show up for the rallies if there are any and yeah i paying attention is to like half of the half of what i i hope people would do um because you can't know what to do if you don't even know what's going on right Mm -hmm. so you know following those organizations or even following drag performers who are constantly sharing that opportunity to get involved because mm-hmm. as i said we've always kind of been leaders in that um to get information on what's occurring and then they often share actions so you know um talking and having the hard conversations also with family and friends who perpetuate those misconceptions mm-hmm. about our community Because we already have so much exhausting work that we are doing. Sure. Just even sometimes to exist and live day to day, you know, sharing the weight of informing people and educating people is another way that we need need more in our community and, you know, um, is a great way to be of that support. What... What would you say is some of those um, stereotypes or things that aren't true that you hear kind of repeated from mm. other people that you're like, come on, that's not actually how it is? Because, I mean, I've heard everything under the sun and some of it I, I just I don't know how to rebuttal. Sure. Or or if I hear it, I'm like, well, I don't know if that's true or not or whatever. Mm. So what are some common things that you hear that you'd be like, that should be shut down because mm. that's not true? Yeah. Or or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, there is a history that has already existed of the misconception or, you know, the, um, yeah, the misconception that LGBTQ people are groomers Mm. and pedophiles. That's big right now. That seems to be like that's what pops up a lot of times talking about certain people. And it's so that's. That's been a part of our history and been a part of what people have claimed towards us for some time. 
but through marriage equality, through the natural evolution and progress of, you know, more, you know, acceptance Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, visibility of our community, right? You know, we have been more visible than ever. And I will add that that is, I think, where these folks are feeling threatened. Mm. The more visible and represented that we have been in our communities, whether it's in media or in Congress, in you had Christopher Constant on here, right? right. On our assemblies, in political roles, leader, positions of leadership. I believe that people feel threatened by that. And that is where we're seeing this larger uprising of people claiming, you know, um, for example, drag queens being pedophiles or groomers by doing all age events. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, the bans or restrictions that they're attempting on the bodies of trans youth and trans people. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are the largest things that we're kind of seeing right now. Um, And as far as, I mean, the umbrella misconception as well as the projection that these people give us or onto us is sexualizing our identities. Mm. Um, We are grandparents, we are teachers, we are, you know, sisters, brothers, neighbors, we are pastors, we are rabbis, you know, we are contributing members of society, we live and contribute and offer so much more than what our sexuality is, and I think the issue is so much with, with this attack on drag performers is that it's queer people who are often doing drag, it's not the fact that it's drag. It's the fact that it's queer people. And they have always, for for eons now, um, folks have sexualized our existence. Therefore, if they're sexualizing our existence and we are doing an all-age drag show, right. they're concerned about what's happening in that scenario. Mm-hmm. So I will add that they're also... Sexualizing children. They're the ones sexualizing children. Thinking by that. Exactly. Yes. By having this misconception that they, or f- focus that they are a target in that instance, and that they, that us, by having an all-age show, we're somehow trying to persuade or change their identity when they believe that their identity naturally and could only ever be one of heterosexuality. Mm-hmm. So you're the one projecting sexuality, onto a child if you believe that is the only identity they could ever have. When people who organize and perform at these events aren't thinking of anyone's sexuality, sure, we want to create a space that is welcoming to all people. We want young people to know that if there is ever a time that they question their identity, that there is there's other people of that community and there's love of that community, not just discrimination, not just hatred. There's love and celebration. And also we're teaching everyone, or the idea is to teach everyone at that event to love people who may be different from you mm-hmm. and to find connection to them. We read books about family and friendship and community and anti-bullying. And we do sing-alongs, you know, with the kids. And... Can I just keep going? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, and this idea that nighttime or adult entertainers, I 
quote unquoted for those just listening. Um, shouldn't, you know, be around children or lead these, these things, sure. right? First of all, there's no known um, experience of danger or sexualization of a child at an all-age drag show. There's no resource or proof of that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's no grooming that has occurred. Um, grooming actually is specific to, like, um, a, a, a someone... You know, contacting exactly building a relationship, Mm -hmm. an inappropriate, you know, relationship with a young person in order to gain some form of like contact in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, that doesn't usually happen during or can't really happen during an hour long event. Um, so we are adults, we we recognize the difference between being entertainers at a nightclub. And then an environment that is about family and pride and uplifting our community. Sure. Um, so to say that, you know, we don't want adult entertainers around kids, you know, it's, it's, it's again projecting us or projecting onto us the idea that we are only ever sexual beings, mm-hmm. that we don't know the difference between being entertainers for a nightclub event and for, for young people. Mm. Now, mistakes have happened. Sure. You know, and that's where I say that, yes, that queen maybe shouldn't have worn that specific thing. That, you know, things things happen. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of all the drag events that happen without those things occurring. I understand, you know, where that may feel appropriate for people, but why do we also always have to sexualize bodies? Mm. Why do bodies always have to be sexualized? So... A writer from the Valley, I will not honor him by saying his name, he referred to what we would wear for all-age events, he referred to as sometimes sexy evening gowns. Hmm. (laughs) And all I wanted to do... Sign me up! Well, all I wanted to do was to go up to him and be like, so, so you, you think, think that you think yeah. this is a sexy evening <laughs> yeah. gown? We weren't saying you, you weren't using that adjective. He used the adjective. Right. He projected that yeah. onto us to ruffle feathers and get people excited and get them, you know, um riled up about yeah, it. Yeah, riled up and yeah, so but I just think it's ironic where like Oh, you're referring to this? What's sexy about it to you? Because you're the one who's It makes me feel that. weird. Uh, I yeah. like it. I yes. mean, I don't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And is it the female form or what we know right. to be, you know, shapely? Is that the sexualization that's coming into play here? Right? I've thought a lot about this because mm-hmm. I've been a part of a lot of all-age events mm. and organized the first drag story times of Anchorage, been focused on by this person and other groups. And I'm like, well, what is it about me? That they thought when I'm literally like, if you're happy and you know, right. clap your hands and reading a book Sexy. and then going home, yeah. right? Yeah, is it the fact that I have a shape? Yeah, it, it may be. I think they combined, you know? I think they what they do is they combine three different stories into one and think that's what you're doing. There's yeah. you know, books that are banned because they discuss adult topics that are in kids' libraries or whatever. So they think a drag queen is reading this explicit book to their children. Teach. I feel like they kind of project this whole story, sure. and that's what they think is happening. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I know that's what you're doing in there. And it's like, well, it's because well, not exactly. It, it's also because the media. I, I would well, say sure. some media are like 
they're not maybe not you know specifically saying this, but they're like alluding to right. What are they reading? Lies, Question exactly. Yeah. Some, something yeah. like that. It's like I feel like there's when you read those articles or see those news reports, it's like uh, I feel like they're leading me one way, and they're leading me to you know a conclusion that yeah right. Some people right. oppose, some people not. But of course, it's like I feel like there is a lot of stuff out there that it's like you they're doing it just to sway. Right. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, it's like you're getting caught in the crosshairs because it's like you are performing, you are being up there. Um, and so how are you finding the confidence, but also the, I don't know. I mean, like it's got to be tough sometimes because you know, people are like in the crowd and they're being like going to be dicks. Like, so how do you find that confidence to kind of get up there and be like, fuck you? I want to go and do this. I love it. And I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. That, that is a, you know, uh, appropriate question considering that I was in a very dark place from October to like February, March of this last year. Mm. And um, not just Alaska. What do you mean? Not just Alaska. It's Alaska. It's dark. <gasps> oh yeah. No, not just Alaska. <laughs> Physically. Sorry, my bad. Well, it wasn't a great time. Timing. The timing wasn't good because of the winter. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, it, when I saw, I really, I remember the moment when I saw on social media, and I hated Instagram so much for this for a moment, where I saw in, in Columbus, Ohio, I believe, that a bunch of neo-Nazis showed up to an all-age drag event. I don't know if it was story time or otherwise, but they literally held these signs up Um you know, all with the same, like, stenciled letters. And this one giant sign said, all drag queens are pedophiles with AIDS. And I remember feeling just, like, this sinking feeling. And that was a literal point where uh, I started feeling more depressed, more anxious. Um, And that led me all the way until... February and and truly, I mean, my focus was not on the art, but it was like on making money and, you know, doing the opportunities because they're there. And, you know, my confidence was lacking. And it wasn't until we started having attacks in our own communities on LGBTQ people, specifically the policies that we're seeing attempted by the Dunleavy administration targeting trans youth in our schools, Mm. that I was like, there's no more time for this. There's no more time for my for my experience, my my these mental health struggles. Like I don't know. I I just I felt this inspiration and this like recharge of like, okay, now it's threatening my personal community in this very specific way. And I've like being that I was a youth program manager, I worked directly with the young people that a bill, a policy like this would affect mm. and harm. And so I, I just think I, I, I picked myself up by the bootstraps, as they say, and I just had to fight. And that's what's carried me through until now. And there are definitely moments where it's exhausting. I. I'm now more concerned and anxious about being in drag, even just in face while driving, mm-hmm. mm, you know, yeah, alone. I get that. Than I really ever have here. 
um, being in public settings outside of safe, safer spaces like Myrna's or, you know, Coots even is a safer space. Um, you know, it, I've been more concerned or, or worried about that. Um, and I can't even say that I'm like, it's all just a fear of violence being projected towards me. I just don't have the capacity for it. Mm. I don't have the capacity for someone talking to me or yelling something at me or, or something occurring. Like, I, I know that like the capacity is just not there because my energy is going so much into my work that I have full time as an educator and violence prevention specialist, my performing and then like advocacy that I try to do as much as possible as well. And so, yeah, I just don't want to deal with it. Right. Nobody I also should. don't want to have to kick someone's ass. No, should have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I get that because the, the what you were talking about like with Instagram is like, what does your, I mean, do you get a lot of, I'm sure you get a lot of positive messages and stuff like that, but I'm sure it's kind of also, is there a lot of negativity on social media towards you that you see specifically? Someone the other day commented on a picture of me. <laughs> What was it? Damn stop it. wearing sexy nightgowns. <laughs> yeah, stop <laughs> too sexy with stop evening gowns. Stop turning gown. me on. <laughs> sexy evening gowns. Yeah, oh, stupid asshole. Um, <laughs> someone called me a <laughs> something butt trash. Oh, something something, but ugly butt trash maybe. Okay. Oh. And it had like kind of cute ring to it. And so I posted in my story the comment I said, my new drag name. <laughs> yeah. And it was like the vomit emoji. So I don't want to jinx myself and like hopefully none of your viewers like start coming for me or something. They but better like, not. I, I, you know, I, I feel fortunate because I know Kendra has had some challenges with people contacting her mm. and saying things. Um, I don't, I don't get like, a lot of a lot of things in my inbox, and that's like one out of a couple comments I've gotten since I've had Instagram. Sure, good. So that's I am great. blessed in that. Maybe it's because they know I'm six two and three hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but um, I feel like that's more of a Facebook thing. You know, Facebook. That's true. Kind of garbage. Uh, and I'm not on uh, it. There's, exactly. there's a lot of ugly butt trash yeah. on there. Yeah. I'm just saying you need to make these shirts. You know, like stop wearing <laughs> sexy nightgowns, oh, and then like oh ugly God. butt trash. Like, yeah, hashtag, I mean, like you take all actually... the negativity and you turn it into Profit. positive money. Yeah, <laughs> actually, that's not like a, that that's idea. not a bad idea. It's a great idea. You heard it. <laughs> there is someone in the community who has done that with her merch, and I'm not going to name names, but anyway, embrace the embrace negative. a certain title, but the, I mean, as embarrassment of the community. Oh, oh, they know. Um, they know who it love is. Love her, yeah, Lamia. Lamia. Her name's Lamia Monroe. Um, uh, but yeah, so not a lot of that. Thankfully. That's good. And again, don't want to yeah. be jinxing myself here. But I mean, the articles are not easy. Mm -hmm. um, they're not on my radar unless someone sells sends them to me. But mm -hmm. I have been highlighted. My pictures have been used. Sure. Um, for these articles and poets wild about these articles is that the last one written that included me was, like, my resume. But the way that, like, he was listing all these things off and all these things I had done, but to him and I guess his audience, 
those are all bad things. Yeah. And I was like, dangerous for- pony, <laughs> yeah, tambourine, Disney college program, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Friends with Goofy. <laughs> a lot of blood stuff on the well, stage. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they probably would not love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, Brooks once spoke in front of the assembly, you know, in support of Drag Story Hour. Because uh, I was asked to lead an LGBTQ, an LGBTQ, like, competency training for a youth event called Lead On in Anchorage. Okay. That's, um, and the, the event was centered around, like, activism and advocacy. And so youth are guided in conversations mm-hmm. around how to be better people, essentially, and how they can be advocates for their community. And it was, like, 13 to 24, I think, was the age group. Mm. And so they made, he wrote an article specific to the fact that I led that presentation. Mm. And had, like, the details of it. And then went on to, like, list my resume. And I was reading like, it and I was like... You're a fan. I've done a lot. You're... I mean, he's been following you. I mean... He's a fan. Page two. <laughs> it's kind of... It's pretty... It's strange. I mean, if he... If he I don't... If he wasn't, if he wasn't a fan, he like found that out and like probably was scrolling your Instagram, being like, "Okay, write this down. Okay, write this down." So I'm just why saying, does, why do I like this so much? I got man, that's a sexy nightgown. Yeah. yeah, another sexy evening gown. Yeah, yeah. He focused on that photo of me that's on that magnet. That was like a highlighted the, photo. The that devil he used. daddy. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, of course, because you know he's weaponizing Satan. as many do his religion <laughs> yeah, yeah. for these things. Oh yeah. Um, so what do you think about Satan? <laughs> Great guy. Great guy. It's a guy, okay. Yeah. I'm always, you know I really want to like rip my yeah. face off. I'm and be here. Like, oh. <laughs> like the South Park <laughs> voice. Design. What's up, guys? <laughs> and so what was the inspiration Saddam. behind this? It whole- was Halloween. And then you said you took this picture. Yeah. Here. So during the pandemic, I did a lot of virtual drag and drag like within my space. Oh. Is that I- big on Zoom? Like doing a drag show through Zoom or something? We did do some Zoom stuff. Jeez, man. Yeah, but we also did um, YouTube, like a YouTube live, but you like show a video live, uh-huh. like that you've already right, constructed right, 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 or right, whatever. Right, right, yeah. Oh, yeah. So my actually, in speaking about like makeup and my progress and all that, my costuming and makeup during the pandemic actually is where I evolved the most mm. because. There was not much else going on. And so, sure. you know, I explored more with makeup. I tried new things um, and, you know, hosted uh, and organized a um, digital drag event called Quarantine for a Cause, which raised money for organizations during the pandemic. That's yeah, good. Quarantine That's for good. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> Clever. It's trademarked. Um, Good. But yeah, that was around Halloween. We did like a Halloween show. I I did like a drag brunch, digital drag brunch during that time too with a Juno queen and a Fairbanks queen. Mm. We all like got together on YouTube or Switch. Twitch. 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 Yep, yep, yep. Um, Anyway, so yeah, I took off the wig that day, put those horns on and took a selfie and I edited a little bit and people lost their shit. They loved loved that fucking photo. I know. Yeah, it, well, it, I'm gonna give you edgy. what you want. Yeah, <laughs> give the people what they want. Um, well, I mean, we we've talked a lot about you know advocacy and genders um, and performing and how how you know how you got into the space and but I'm kind of curious like 
what is next? What are you doing mm-hmm. next? What's something that's coming up that you're excited about? I'm well pride. So, yeah. <laughs> this is, this will be dropping on Pride Month, so happy okay. Pride. Happy everybody. Pride, everyone. Um, yeah, I'm excited about Pride. I'm excited about Seward Pride, hmm. which has been... I've had a partnership, relationship, organization-wise and performing-wise. Um, I think, like, even since its first one, I... Or at least we did the winter fundraiser leading into their first bigger pride, um, which was a drag show. And a bunch of us like caravan down there, over there, wherever it is, down. Nobody knows, um, actually. No, nobody <laughs> it's knows. It's a mystery. <laughs> yeah. We just end up there. You just get um, And yeah, so that's been this like awesome relationship. Like I've hosted those shows, been a part of like booking the queens or performers from here to go and and be a part of it there. And so it's like a whole weekend of events that I'm super excited about. Where, what what's the dates? So it's the June 8th through the 11th. Okay. There's a bingo on Thursday that I'm helping with, performing for, hosting the show called Hot Seward Nights mm. on Friday the 9th. There's a story time on Saturday morning, drag story time. Then there's a cruise Saturday afternoon, evening, party Saturday night, and then there's like a barbecue Sunday. Cruise? Yeah. What do like you mean? Like a Fjord tour no cruise called. You take over? Yeah. It's called like. It's got to have a clever name. Yeah. Come on. Something about resurrection and pride. And okay, maybe, yeah. maybe rainbows. Something there. There's Rainbow something over there. resurrection pride. Could I feel be. I feel like if we put our noggins together, we could come up with something too. <laughs> it's yeah, it's uh it's gonna be a good time. My mom and my sister are going. I have several friends who are going. Um Shit. I'm excited that there's these smaller, more rural communities and cities that are doing like full pride weeks these days. Like Valdez, the first weekend of June is doing like a full week of events. Homer has a weekend. So you're, Seward. are you going to? No. Oh I'm my just gosh. Doing just one. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, that would be a so much. I was, was yeah. going to say, these these cities you're mentioning, like no offense to them, but they would not be the first ones I think that would no. be like, this is what we're doing. You know, you True. think of like Fisher Town, Fisherman Town, like oil, different cities. And I'm like, really? They're the ones that are kind of leading the way on the whole Pride Month. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah. That's inter- I mean, that's great. It's just yeah. is not right when you say it. I'm always like, really, right? Hmm. Well, that's what I love about it. Right, it's, it's a little unexpected, unexpe- it's surprising, yeah. and so with that, it's mm. very exciting. Yeah, relating so much to like everything we've talked about, <laughs> you know. And tonight, actually, I know this is will will be um, released later on, but tonight, City Council of Seward, there are people showing up to oppose drag story time in the community, mm. and oh, so. I only know that because of your Instagram. Oh, well. And so, you. like you said, you guys are kind of the news outlets for things that are going on that yeah. might not be, like, so commonplace. Like, no. that's not exactly in my news feed. No, like, no. Yeah, and no. And I I don't know what that says about me or whatever, but, like, I only— Well, it is now. I know. Gee, whatever. But I saw Bottle yours. Walters. Yes, exactly. Legendary. You're gonna have to have that in yeah, there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the 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 beauty of it is that I clicked on your story, clicked through, saw the the updates that you had, and then I read that and I was like, oh, well, there was no way I would have known that had yeah. I not clicked on your story. So did you send an email? 
I did not yet, but I saw it's an updated email to a yes. different person now. Well, you can still send it to, to the them, one, but and CC they've been the forwarding it because that person that is former, no longer there. They're no longer there, but they're forwarding it to those who need it because they are currently on the Pride board of Seward Pride Alliance. So they're like, they want to make sure that all the people get gotcha, the right gotcha, information. Gotcha. But that's a perfect example. Not to shame you or call you out no, or whatever. It's okay. Shame but me. But if you have a moment later tonight to not only write an email yourself and be like, as a citizen of this fine state, you know, I find this to be, you know, unconstitutional. The library is a sp spaceman for all people, free of discrimination. Um, you know, I support the idea of like drag performers creating a space of love and kindness and family for for people and peace. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And then sharing that with, you know, your friends and saying, hey, y'all, take two minutes send, to send, send an, an email, email to this. I already, I already know shit. I already know PJ's going to like splice this and have the shame, shame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me like sitting there <laughs> like <laughs> Game of Thrones style. <laughs> <laughs> We're just crawling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just to tie it back into act action, Actually doing stuff? Activism? Yeah. A no. Action, yeah. Like, because um, we can talk all day about it, but the action part. And you saw it, and the email's there, and... I was driving. Taking, okay, no, that's no, 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 no. I, I understand. You had plans. You, Fuck, you that's even worse, there. Kyle. Yeah. Um, God damn. Yeah, that's, <laughs> is that a red light? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I have to send this email. Um, yeah, it's... That's a perfect example of it. And so I'm looking forward to Seward. Yeah. I'm looking forward to looking um, forward the to rest Seward. of Pride Month. And yeah, exciting adventures that come up yeah, every kinda, day, honestly. There's a lot that can happen in the next few months. Absolutely. Hopefully good things. I'll be invited yeah. to another All podcast. Yeah. What, like, real quick to kind of wrap up is, like, it sounds like, I mean, your mental health can take a lot of hits from some of the stuff that you have to kind of either consume or read about and all this stuff like is there anything that you kind of do to help mitigate that we kind of talked earlier about like some of the shows you probably enjoy to kind of like just tune out mm. a lot of the stuff that's going on like what's something that you kind of do to wind down and and check mm. out for a little bit so because i do fill so much of my time with things mm -hmm. sure <laughs> when it's time for downtime I'm not a winter activities person, right? <laughs> I'm not, like, I try to go out hiking. I try to get out and walk. I'm going to get my bike fixed. Mm. Do yeah, some biking. I don't, I don't even do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't do it. So, I I do love TV and movies. Sure, I mean, we all do. I park yeah. myself down. I love to, like, eat things while I'm watching it. And what's, just, what's, like... What's the snack of oh, wait, choice? Wait, wait. Oh, God. I mean... I love pizza. Oh, what kind? Where? Oh. What? Okay, oh. I love. I love how we got. We're like, what snack? <laughs> What's your snack of yeah. choice? Three hours later. Yeah. yeah. No. Um. I. I mean, I prefer Moose's tooth, bear tooth. But let's be real. I'm often getting delivery because, like, once I'm done, once I'm home. Oh, yeah. you're not getting up. It's I also get it. super late. I I do live the nightlife like Hardcore. most of my shows are Thursday through Saturday, ending at like eleven thirty almost midnight. 
I often decompress by hanging out oh, for a yeah. bit afterwards. Then I go home and have to de- decompress even more. Mm-hmm. So we're talking like CC's Pizza. Okay. Oh, yeah. wow. It's open. Okay. Sicily's if I have to, but that makes me feel like shit the next day. Yeah. CC's, what's up with that? Um, I don't know. It's just like really dense pizza. I haven't had it in forever. I know. Um, I'm I'm usually getting Moose's tooth. I'm a I'm a sucker for that. Or you're not I eating do, pizza at I, two in the morning. It's true. <laughs> I do hearth a lot now. Oh, Moose's oh, tooth hearth and hearth. is delicious. Moose's tooth is my first choice. Hearth is my second. You're going to get a spicy right Thai pizza, obviously, with no, an extra no, side of steak. peanut chipotle sauce. Steak. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Fuck you. <Are> you <laughs> what about amazing apricot? I I don't no. I don't change. You know. Yeah, I was oh. saying, spicy I'm chipotle right. steak. When I when I worked there at Moose's Tooth for like two years, I tried every pizza, mm-hmm. and I just like fell in love with Chipotle steak. And then I just now I can't I can't switch. So if I go there, which is very rare because now there's just so busy, so I always get Chipotle steak. But <laughs> you anyway, aged yourself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> two and a half hour wait. So busy. Show, yeah. uh, it is shows. Busy. What kind of shows do you watch? What movies do you watch? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I mean lots of shit but beef was amazing yeah. um i'm now watching the great the third season of the great on hulu oh. about the reign of Catherine the oh, great i, I great. saw that uh, i saw Russia. that advertised when i was watching dave 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 yeah the little little, little little dicky yeah little dicky show yeah and it, they advertised the great on there yeah oh, okay. that's all i know it's good it's good um i really like shows by my childhood um affinity with female leads has continued. Mm-hmm. I watch a lot of shows centered around female casts or like at least with a female lead. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm all over the place. Favorite favorite movies that come to mind right now? Uh, Pretty Woman. <laughs> well, yeah. We did talk um, about that. That's right. Romy and Michelle's History Union. Oh, um, nice. But also Princess Mononoke. I love Studio Ghibli. So like oh, I love anime. My Neighbor Totoro. I I Make. won't go as far as to say that I like anime. You just like those stories. Yeah, I like I like Studio. Right, Ghibli. those are anime movies. Well, Studio Ghibli is not technically anime. Is Manga. Uh, right. He he has said stated that he is not a part of anime, but um, it's more of uh, just animation. Period. Yeah. Oh, see, oh. what do you Thanks, know, Matt. Steven? Uh, Thanks, I'm, Matt. I'm also a fan of. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. You probably Fucking will learn that at shit. Disney College, but you didn't go. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, um, that's what comes to mind. I mean, oh, I just saw Evil Dead Rise. <gasps> Was it I good? So I am a horror fan. We're, we are too. Big time. You know, but from October to February, when I was feeling some kind of way, horror wasn't my go-to. So I will say that there are times where my mental health is like, you can't handle this one. Dude, I watched Hereditary, and I was like fucked up for a good while. I was like, I can't can't watch horror movies right now. You got to watch all of October. I try to do that one year, every day, a different Uh horror movie. And I got to like the 23rd. Third of October, and at some point, I like I was just like, numb. man, just fucking numb. <laughs> what is? Why? Why are we even here? You know, like, why am I alive? You know, yeah. no, for real. It was like I probably should switch to something happier, a little lighter. for just a little yeah. bit. Well, that, that yeah. sometimes like. If I watch a really intense horror movie, I have to watch like The Office, yeah, or, like, a palate cleanser, yeah, palate yes. cleanser. like Parks and Rec or something that's just like comforting and like familiar and like, okay, I'm alive. They're, like, they're not all bad people out there. 
Yeah. Not I, everyone's trying to murder me. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well just, RuPaul's Drag Race is really good for a palate cleanser. Yeah. And you don't have to fun. follow it. Like, you can yeah, throw it on and then you're like, there. yeah, it's just. Just like a bunch of <laughs> that was intense. Yeah, yeah, bunch of queens who are just queening and looking amazing, and you can watch like an episode and be like, oh, "Okay, I feel, I feel back to life, now. safe now." Yeah. yeah, yeah. Evil Dead Rise was wild though. I I could talk about that for an hour. As was well. it was uh, it as good as like the older ones? Well, the yeah, the there was a last one. It there came was one out in early two thousands, two thousand thirteen. Mm-hmm. That was, was the last two, one. The last I saw. one. Yeah. Okay. You love the originals though. I can't even remember them to be honest. Oh, I love them so. They changed my life. I really? Know that's dramatic. With, uh, I saw them in theater Bruce, school. Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. I love those. Or and at least then the I was one. in Evil Dead the musical in Delaware when I lived in Philadelphia three times. Oh, oh no! Shit. There's a musical based on the movies. That's wild. Mostly I didn't know the that. first two. So yeah, I'm gonna change song. My obsession with Evil Dead has been ongoing for a while, but the first one is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, but then when did they switch from like kind Kind of of like comedy comedy horror to like when I watched the last one made in 2013? I was like, like, oh, this is like (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Then part I was like, oh, mama. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I went and saw it on Mother's Day too. Mommy, (laughs) my dad. Bless my dad's heart. He's totally conservative Christian, old mm-hmm. school. And so that commercial was playing like every 10 seconds on yeah. TV, I swear to God. Yeah. And it would come on. And he's like, why do they make movies like this? And I'm like, dad, I'm going to see this. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Because why? the people like me. Yeah. yeah. No. So they were never meant to be comedy, though. Well, the first one wasn't. And right. it ended really? up being su- successful in the sense that it was like people silly. were going to see it because it was camp. It's camp. Uh, and that's why drag yeah. and queer, drag queens and queers love horror, too, because of the camp element of it. Um, I think, anyway, I mean, there's a whole history of, like, queers and horror. But um, first one, not meant to be funny. Is really? No, no. They were like, we're making a sincerely terrifying film with Bruce Campbell, who's like, yeah, I was gonna say his drama. I mean, they picked a great actor, but I think, like, when I think funny, I, I think, like, I can. That's when I think Bruce Campbell. Yeah, you know what I mean. Bruce Campbell, funnier. I think of just lots of blood and just goofy faces. Yeah, like the well, like the decomposing like face made out of play doh. I mean, literally, it's like neon colors and it's like melting and like. You have like this gremlin girl in the basement being like, Oh, yeah. Your mother sucks. Cock. No, that's exorcist. exorcist. She's like, I'm going to suck your cock or whatever. She's screaming. And yeah, so it's just over the top ridiculous. The second one, they're like, Oh, we're leaning into this and made it comedy kind on purpose. Oh. Army of Darkness, which I don't like at all. That was very comedy centered as well. Okay. But then it's like horror fans who also are fans of Evil Dead writers and directors you know wrote scripts like the 2013 one being like oh but i i love the story of evil dead but i also love like actual terrifying horror so Uh. let's take the you know let's take the narrative of like a this demonic book and you know when you read it out loud you know, it makes people turn bad into demons happens. and then yeah. bad stuff happens. But it aligns with the stuff that happens in the first one, a sense of like, 
the first moment of violence in the first, you know, in the first movie is a pencil to the ankle. Right. So taking household objects and doing really fucked up things to other people. And then that, then that turns them into a demon. This newest one was fucking wild. I like that. What? Cheese grater. Cheese grater. I think about that every time I'm grating cheese with my hand. I'm like, what if the cheese slips and I just like, and then I was like, what if your face and like, (laughs) and I'm like, oh, Kyle, fuck, dark. Yeah. No, it's a (laughs) cautionary tale. Yes. Yes. So, oh, shit. And you'll probably never have that issue because you exactly because I'm cautious. That's how I live my whole life. If I think about something bad enough that could happen, it won't happen to me statistically. You know yeah. how yeah. how could it possibly that is, happen? That's to a me? very stoic principle. We've talked well, about I'm just that like, on here before. If too. I picture myself dying in a plane crash, what's the chances that's actually going to happen? I feel very superstitious right now. Remember earlier when I was knocking on wood? Right. I'm not even that superstitious, but like yeah, a, a little, little stitious. Little, <laughs> yeah. little stitious. So stitious. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> we we. I mean, on that note, you know uh, what? That's how I think. Okay, we've Take taken up. Uh, I like it. A lot of your time already. We thank you so much for being here. Where can people find you? Um, what platforms? Well, the back alley. <laughs> um, no, uh, you can find me on Instagram. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, like, social okay, media yeah. platform. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, so I'm on the Instagram, Golden X Delicious. Um, Golden X Delicious, you know, the X from my MySpace days. Mm. Um, You can find me at Mad Myrna's almost every Friday and Saturday. But if you follow me on social media, you can see where I'm going to be at. Perform at Coots. Sometimes at Cafe Ciudad Benito. Um, Yeah, you can find me kind of all over. Well, Goldie. That is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. For being on here. We really do appreciate it. I I mean, I I learned a lot uh, about... The culture, your community, and also just like, you know, what we can do as, you know, allies and, ad, you know, advocate and get out there. Send those fucking emails, you know? Yeah, come on. <laughs> I love what we wrote. Uh, uh, I got to make some calls shit, tonight. Give no. Shit. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you for coming on. We yeah, really appreciate no, thank it. you for having me and thank you for allowing the opportunities to talk about these really important things and yeah, the giving us uh, some visibility and a platform um, on on what people can do is really important. So thank you. Absolutely. And it was great to talk about movies and food and Disney as well. Those are like, I mean, <laughs> you go back to like the first 80 episodes and it's just me and Kyle talking about that shit. <laughs> yeah. We have a love for popcorn and movies. So it's just like, we talk about that for a whole episode. And we're both like. allergic to popcorn. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. But we still both eat it. <laughs> Because we oh. love it so much. We're gluttons. Oh, wow. Yeah, it makes your tummy not so. feel good. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> we'll leave you with that. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Kyle and Steven will be back with a new episode next week. In the meantime, check out GoFixYourselfPodcast.com. And remember to always go fix yourself.